Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because a sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me, to look on him and pardon me. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Redeem Meditations. I am your host, Thomas Sandow. Hey, look at that. I got my uh, I got my introduction down pretty good. Um, you know, maybe I'll keep that that one, or perhaps I'll uh, I'll do something a little bit different each time, rather than just the kind of monotone. Welcome to Redeem Meditations. I am your host, Thomas Sandow. You know, maybe I'll start trying to be a little bit more. Uh, I'll be a little bit more excitable or some something. I'll I'll show off my uh, my Puritanism Baptist side, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, so man, um, and two episodes in two weeks. This is amazing. This is a new you know all time high for redeem meditations of the recent history. <laughs> but hey, um. Guys, I, uh, I I just want to give give you a couple of little updates on kind of what's been going on, um, you know, uh, kind of behind the scenes with stuff, um, you know. Of course, uh, I got a lot of stuff on my plate with, uh, you know, being a new dad and then you know, you know, trying to trying to serve my my church in the fullest. Um, one of the things that I, I, I'm really being convicted about is, is, uh, making sure I'm serving the church first. And as much as I love every single one of you listeners, and, you know, of course, if you are in Christ, you are part of, of, you know, the spiritual body that is the church. I need to be first using my, uh, my giftings in leading my family and then in the church and then with you guys. So what I've been doing is, is I've definitely been prioritizing uh, my family and church over the show. And again, I still love you guys and I think you guys are awesome, but I hope you, you understand this. Um, and yes, I am making time for you, for you guys. And, um, um, you know, a, a lot of these things aren't going to, you know, these, these new, uh, episodes, they're not going to be, um, uh, they're not going to be kind of the super long stuff that, that you're used to. You may be used to hearing from Redeem Meditations, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that they will still be, um, a lot of, that they, they will still be a lot of information for you and is still edify you. So, uh, as you know, in Redeemed Meditations, we love talking about scripture. We love talking about theology. And 
um, in the last episode, we talked kind of about Christian culture and a little bit of church history with that. Uh, not a lot of scripture inside of it, but did talk about things that involved, you know, the Christian culture, Christian world with the Young Restless Reform movement. Um, if I, I can't remember if I did say it or not. I, I mean, I don't listen to my episodes over, over again. I know some people do. Uh, I know nephew, whenever he's on the show, he goes and listens to the show again. And I, I, I think that's cool for, for me. I'm like, well, I already, you know, was on the show. Like I already listened to it cause I was there when I said it. And plus I don't need to hear myself stutter all over again, <laughs> but but um yeah so um if i didn't say say it we are starting a new series um and it's going to be a um really basic um uh, maybe layman level um um teaching and equipping of what biblical theology is and I'm really excited about this. Biblical theology is a study that I really, really enjoy. And, and and I think that it is something that's lost. And most of the reason why I think it's something that's lost right now in, in our churches and in the Christian um, life, especially in America, is because when I talk about, um, when I talk about biblical theology, most people hear me say what gets communicated to, to them is sound theology. Is it sound? Is it biblical? Biblical theology is its own section, um, segment of theology. It's, it's, it's an own ology, I guess. And mostly what we're used to right now is systematic theology, which is which is very topical, and it's everything that what the Bible has to say about a certain subject. It's super applicable, and it's it's great. But biblical theology is the study, and th this will be our working definition. Um, it's not um, this this definition. Um, um, there's obviously more that goes into it, but it's definitely not less. Um, what I want to do here is to make sure you guys understand this stuff very, um, very, very, um, um, I want to make sure you guys understand. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> um, I uh, I want to make sure you guys can can understand this as best as possible. So I'm going to do my best not to use really big words or, and if I do, really explain what they are, define terms, and and get into stuff like that. So, our definition of biblical theology is the study of types themes and covenants throughout the historical redemptive stories uh, redemp <laughs> I can't even say our working definition the study of types themes and covenants throughout the redemptive history of scripture and so what it does what I'm saying is you can take a theme 
and be able to see how that theme either progresses or what each theme says throughout all of scripture, what all of scripture and throughout this storyline. And we'll get into the storylines, we'll get into the tools, we'll get into every everything. And this really is, biblical theology really is a tool, and it's great, and it really ties in the uh, the all of scripture. And um, one might say that, that because... Uh, you know, this is going to be more of a theology thing. I'm not going to use a lot of scripture. I'm going to use a ton of scripture. And today, our scripture is going to be in Luke 24. And I'm saying this because uh, I want to show you that even the Bible shows biblical theology to be important. And if we go to Luke 24, um, 24, 13, this is the road to Emmaus. Um, you know, we, we know um, we're not going to start in 13. That's just a good place for you to, to get too quick. Um, there is, um, you know, um, two disciples heading to Emmaus, really depressed because Jesus has died. But the resurrected Jesus comes, and you know we don't know why that that these disciples don't recognize him. But you know um, he comes up to him and says, "Hey, what's going on?" And like he's like, "Why are you so depressed?" Well, haven't you? You know, aren't you? Are you the only one who in Jerusalem that doesn't know that 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 that, that the one who we thought was the Messiah? And uh, and um, um, and, and, you know, yeah, they're just su 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 super depressed. And I'm going to start in, in verse 25. And he said, G Jesus said to them, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets to, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoke, spoken is it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Mo Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the script, script, scriptures. In all the script, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to a, to, a, to a village to which they were going. He acted as if he he, he were going fur, further, but they urged him to stay. They urged him strong, strong, strongly, saying, "Stay, stay with us. Stay, stay with us. For it is towards this evening, and 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 the day for for and the day is now far spent." So, so he went in to stay, stay, stay with them. And when he was at the table. He took the bread and blessed, blessed, blessed it and broke, broke it, and gave, gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they recognized. Verse thir thir thirty-two. They said to each other, "Did not our hearts burn within us while he he talked talk to us on on the road, while he opened us this uh, opened us to?" 
open to us the scriptures. Okay? So, Jesus shows that that the prophets and the law had this theme of the Messiah who had to come and suffer the, the, these things. And it all pointed to him. Okay? So, biblical theology is biblical and Jesus taught this way. Okay? So, one of the things that I want you to think, think of with biblical theology use quite often, and one of the tools that we use quite often... Uh, is a pow power drill. So I want you to think of bi biblical theology like a power drill. But there are two there are, there are two things that we need to do and have in a, on our you know two things that there are two things but I'm going to make them into one in order to make the drill work. And that is it needs power. It needs a bat bat battery. So what is our biblical, our battery for biblical theology? Our battery for biblical theology is exegesis and and um, uh, understanding the literary and grammatical um, uh, breakdowns of scripture. So first, exegesis. What is exegesis? Exegesis is is the pro pro process of of knowing and show, show, showing what the script script scriptures, what the original authors had to, or what what the original authors were trying to communicate to the original hearers. Okay, that 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 is what exegesis is in a nutshell. I'm sure you can you know expand on it, start talking about context and di di different things. I feel like this encapsulates con context because it says it talks about the origin. I talked about the original authors and their original hearers, so they would that shows that it's in their original context. So all you Theo bros out, out, out there kind of stay away from me. Okay. Um, anyways, so the reason why we really need exegesis is because th this is what keeps us from becoming, um, you, you know, the the more the moralistic kind 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 of thing, or I mean, how how many times were 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 you in a, a Bible study that said, "What does this passage mean to you?" Well, I really don't care what it mean, means to me. What what does it mean, and what did it mean to his original hear, hearers? One of the best things that we can know, and best best principles that we can bring to the table of biblical theology and anytime we open up our bible is that the scriptures now cannot mean what or cannot mean what they did not mean but oh my goodness i just met mess this up i one once again we all know if you are a listener of redeemed meditations you know that 
I don't do a lot of prep for this. I do a lot of this off the cuff. That way it's more conversational. And uh, that way it's, it, it is, it is in my opinion, a lot more fun. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, so the scriptures cannot mean for us now what they did not mean for the original audience then. Okay, let me say that, that, that again. The scriptures now cannot mean for us what they did not mean for their original audience. This, this is so true, it's ridiculous. Once you understand this, it, it really makes, you know, seemingly hard books like the book of Revelation a, a little bit more easier to comprehend because you know, you know, if that's the case, John's not trying to communicate locuses as, or loci, loki, loki from, from, Greek, Norse mythology, Loki. No, um, but but yeah, uh, that John isn't trying to communicate locuses as Apache helicopters. Okay, they're the it, it's spiritual. It's a figure of speech. Anyways, okay. So this is why we really have to understand the context of what the original hearers were were de de dealing with you know we there's this there's a new con con you know this not a new controversy but it's a relatively uh, new tweet that has come out from um a short little man um <laughs> that uh spoke about the length of men's hair and he cited cited first corinthians and what I understand what he what he was trying to do because he's trying to talk about the blending of the two uh, of the two two gen, gen, genders that that we shouldn't blend blend that. But he's taking what Paul said way out of context to say that men shouldn't have long hair because you know because of whatever. So then the question is like, okay, well, how long is too too long? The thing that we have to understand was Paul was speaking in that context, that that wasn't prescriptive, that it was descriptive of what was going on in that culture. OK, so that's one thing we really have to we have to think about when we're when we're reading script, 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 scripture. One of the other things that we have to see is not only the context in which this a passage of scripture that we're in, but you, you know, like a par paragraph. How does a paragraph, you know, fit together? And what, it, how, how is what we're studying in context of this paragraph? It can't just be in the paragraph because this isn't how, like the 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 apostles and the writers of scripture didn't write in paragraphs and stuff. And in fact, in Greek, one of the things that's the hardest thing to to decipher with Greek is there's no punctuation. There's just no punctuation. So it's hard to to know where we need to add in a comma or a period or start a new paragraph thought or anything like that. So what we have to do is we need to think about when we're studying a passage, what did this 
whole passage or what did all of this epistle or all of this book say leading up to this and what does it say after this and how if it says something completely wild and out of the blue that does not um harmonize what 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 you have read and what you're going to to read there's a very good chance you're taking that scripture out of context Another way to show that, that you might be taking scripture out of context is that you're putting yourself into it. Now, there are di different times where we need to see that scripture is, is addressing us, the, us, the believer. But especially like you, you need to stop reading yourself as Samson. You need to stop reading yourself as David. You need to stop reading yourself as Paul. Okay. One of the worst things that I think I've ever heard was when the pandemic happened, people started relating lockdowns to Paul being in prison. What a soft generation we live in. Just, um, okay, it's not a rant time, but you know, stop reading yourself into the scriptures. And here's the big thing. If the people you're reading yourself into are not the sinners, if you're only reading yourself into it when David's doing good things and not when David falls into egregious sin, there's something seriously wrong with, with your study of scripture. Because, you know, what, what is the, the cla cla classic thing that, that we learned from Matt Chandler? You're not David, okay? But you are in this story. You are in the story of David and Goliath, okay? At the very best, you are the Israelite ar army who is shaking in their boots, un in totally powerless and incapable of fighting Goliath. At worst, you're Saul telling David to put on your armor. Okay? So, you are in these stories, but you're not the hero. Remember, Christ is always the hero. And I mean, that goes e even for all these things in church history and stuff. If you fancy yourself a Spurgeon or a Luther or a Calvin, like, just stop it. <laughs> okay. You you might think a little too much of yourself because not even those men thought that they 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 were he heroes. They were just being faithful men to scripture. Okay. Okay. So so we have exegesis. Jesus. We have we have that you need to stop reading yourself in. That's called isogesis. Jesus. Okay. You need to stop, stop only taking in what you think it could could be. Like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me does not mean you can you can bench press four hundred pounds. That is completely out of context. Yet that's on almost every Christian weight lifting picture ever. Okay, completely taken out of context. Okay. So the next layer of context that we need, need, need to think about is not only what the 
whole what what the whole book has said the whole book that we're reading the whole letter the whole the whole epistle the, the whole whatever is trying to communicate but is what what is all of scripture trying to communicate in this passage how does this fit in with what all of scripture is is communicating to us Okay? And if it doesn't fall within that redemptive framework or, you know, um, I mean, this is another good reason why we need to have good systematic theology, because if we have a, um, a jacked up view of prayer, then our biblical theology of prayer is going to be jacked up. So we do need good systematic theology. We need both, but we are going to focus on, we are going to assume that we have good systematic theology here. Maybe one day or one, 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 one day we'll start doing a, a series on systematic theology and then never leave it because we can't cover all of that. I mean, I mean, we can't really cover everything of biblical theology ever, but I'm going to attempt to. Anyways, so, all right. So we have, don't read yourself into it. We have, read the context, okay? That's kind of all I'm going with, with exegesis right now, okay? I'm not going to tell you to buy a whole bunch of books. You know, I'm not going to tell you to get a whole bunch of di di dictionaries and stuff. We want to use scripture first, okay? Use scripture first. Let scripture interpret scripture. Stop running the commentaries. And I know that's something for me to say because I just got in an Exodus con con commentary today. But I mean, that should not be your first go go to. Your first go to should be what is all of this book saying and then what does all of scripture say? OK, how does it fit into these frameworks? OK, the next thing that we need to think about is the historical grammatical and literature approach. OK, so we need to take into account literature. OK, and just like we the, the historical narr narratives, we cannot read historical narr narratives like we read poetry and wisdom literature. We cannot read poetry and literature and wisdom literature like we do prophetic. We cannot read um, um, prophetic even how we can apocalyptic lit lit literature, and we cannot read apocalyptic lit literature like we read letters and epistles. Okay, so we have to understand what we're, we're, you know, what, what, what we're reading. I mean, one of the things, I mean, Job is taking, taken so lit, lit, literally in some things, like, especially when it comes to Leviathan and Behemoth, because, uh, because we're not reading it as poetry. We're not reading it as poetry. We're not reading it as, as spirit, spirit, spiritualness. Okay, that this these are these are speech, you know, the way that 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 God like it's still poetry when God is explaining Behemoth and and um, Leviathan and he's explaining to it in in po poetic literary fe features. He's not actually describing um, a dinosaur. Okay, that's not the purpose of, again, we have to go back in the context. How would this possibly fit into a context? Anyways, the next thing that we have to think, think about when it comes to, to, to literary 
um, features is the history of it. Okay. This can be very hard. This is where I would encourage some books and some, you know, reading or listening to some things to talk about how the ancient Near East wrote things and what their literary style was. Uh, because so much we read scripture as if it is a, a Western front cover to back cover book and it all just goes in a straight line. And it doesn't. One of the greatest features that that ancient Near East literature had, especially in Old Testament time, was they would first, like, they would identify the need. And they would identify what's going on. And they would talk about everything that they weren't actually talking about so that they would eliminate all those things and then you would fully understand what they were talking about once it got there. So think about it when it comes to, and yes, you're going to think I'm stealing from Brian Chappell's thing from, from, um, from American gospel, but I, I'm not trying to, but so scripture starts with Adam and Eve, and they fell, 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 fell into sin. So God brings about, God brings about the, the, the law and we, we can't keep the law. And then God brings about, well, the ju ju judges will, you know, you know, brings about the ju ju judges to keep the people in line. Well, they do what they see as right in their own eyes. And then God bring, you know, so God brings the king to, to, um, to, to, to rule over them, but the kings are wicked. So the God brings the prophets so that the prophets might, so that the pro, pro, prophets might, might, might keep, keep them in line, but they, they kill the prophets. And so you see the, the whole Old Testament is showing this need and it's crying out that we need something greater. We need something more. And then the New Testament happens. Then the New Testament happens. And Jesus, God incarnate, the second person of the Trinity, comes to us. Okay? That is how we should rightly read Scripture, not this linear um, progression. One of the best uh, examples of this is uh, the first... I believe it's the first two chapters of Amos when he's declaring his judgments. Um, just go and read, 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 read that. It's it's a really good um, example of of this uh, literary feature. Um. So yeah, so we we, we got to understand stand di di different um how how um um how the ancient near 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 east would have would have near, near eastern people would have written these these letters okay so um okay we are at 30 minutes now and i think i'm gonna leave, leave it there okay because i have some stuff 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 i want to announce at the end um yeah so
here, here, here's what I got. So, in order for our 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 drill, our our tool, uh, our power drill of biblical theology to work, we need to have a battery of exegesis and historical grammatical um um method. Okay. So we need to be able to read scripture in its context and not read ourselves into it and know that scripture cannot mean for us what it did not mean for them. Okay. For the them being the original uh, audience. And two, we have to understand the literary features and genres of what we, we, we are re reading. We cannot read historical narrative like we do apocalyptic. We cannot read, read apocalyptic like we do, do the pit, 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 pistols or even prophetic. Okay. That's what we need to make, make our drill work. So until next time, we're going to stop here. I'm going to give a little bit of an announcement. So Redeem Meditations is doing another giveaway okay i don't know who else wants to be involved with this or if anybody wants to be involved involved with this but for sure redeem meditations is going to be giving away a biblical theology book i have not decided which one it's going to be if it's going to be one that talks about themes or if it's going to be one that talks about these tools more in depth so but we are going to be get, get giving away a, a biblical theology book to somebody and it's probably going to be in the exact same way where you're going to have to comment on a post and then send a pay, pay, pay picture to me of you listening to redeem meditations because salvation may be by grace but this giveaway is by works okay um another thing and they are not in any way a sponsor of 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 the pod, 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 podcast um but really um um <coughs> Oh my goodness! Sorry, sorry, sorry about, about, about that. I know this might this might be a little bit of TMI, but I just choke 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 on my spit because I am na native and I am filled with the juice of life. Anyways, so um yeah, they in no 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 way get give me any sort of um kickback or anything on this i just love them as p p p p p able they've been there 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 for for the show and they seem to really dig the show but coronado coffee folks if you are gonna get your coffee somewhere stop drinking folders stop drinking magnetics well 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 house and all you that are from rhode island just stop it with a dunk, dunk, okay? I know, I get it. You're supposed to do it, okay? But stop it with a dunk, 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 even coffee exchange, okay? I know coffee exchange is good. Coronado is better, okay? Go to Cor 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 Coronado Coffee Co. Or, or order any of their co coffees. They're all fantastic, except maybe the Dean, Dean, Dingers blend. Don't, don't, don't support the Dean, Dean, Dingers or Bubble Diggers, okay? No, 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 for sure. Uh, that, that I actually have, have that 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 one in my hop, hopper right right now. It's it, it's it's really good. So um yeah, guys, uh, it's been good talking about biblical theology with you. And for this super concise show, <laughs> um, I am your host Thomas Sandow. I will see you next time. Behold him, man, the risen